Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Chuck on Score North and scorenorth.com. Yeah, we just kept fighting. I mean, we, we didn't play particularly well at times today, but we kept fighting. We upped our intensity, made things way more uncomfortable for them. Um, got out and, you know, got some easy stuff. But, um, got to the rim a little bit more. We didn't really finish very well today, but that hurt us. Did you get any kind of explanation from the refs? No. Nah, I mean, they, they, he makes the call from 50 feet away. And I mean, I, you know, I don't know. So, <laughs> I love, you know what? I, I love the guy. That clip yet. I love that guy. Oh man, that's hilarious. So he was, <laughs> he was asked, uh, yeah, did you? Uh, for those of you that didn't hear the question in the background, there, uh, did you get any explanation on that on that call there? Nah, nah. nah. I mean, he made the call from 50 feet away. From 50 feet away. Nah, great. Oh, man. I'm also, uh, you told me that I'm just reading reading some of the game stories. I was I was not happy. I went to I went to bed after the game was over. Was kind of disappointing. I'm not going to read the story. <laughs> I love you're on the roller coaster so hard now. I well, I, all right, I have a couple takes on this game, believe it or not. This is Mackie no. and Judd. You guys are at the, you, this is tough right now because we've got like four relevant, interesting teams all operating at the same time right now, so. You know, you guys are on the Judd's Hockey Show Wild Duty. I am uh, just chugging Timberwolves Kool-Aid, but the Twins popped up and freaking signed Carlos Correa, which became official today. The Vikings popped up and brought Sean Mannion back to fortify that quarterback room. <laughs> A lot of things going on right now. We're going to get to who gets it, who doesn't shortly. But uh, combing through the game stories and then hearing that clip from Chris Finch, I'm kind of shocked to see how much the Wolves are putting that game on the refs last night. Carl Anthony Towns, I can't say it or I'll get fined when asked about some of the late game sequences there. Uh, Chris Finch said, I mean, it was kind of wild, really, looking at the tape. I thought Pat, uh, PB, Pat Bev, got fouled on the shot, which was a three-pointer. Should have been three on the right wing. He was clearly in the gather and turned and thought that should have been for sure a three-point shot. I guess I watched that game and thought, not that the officials screwed the Timberwolves. I do think that there were some, like if that game was being played inside Target Center, maybe there's a call or two that's different or something. But I looked at that game and thought, wow, that is a playoff game. These two teams are fighting to avoid the play-in. It's a, it's a raucous atmosphere. And the intensity level in the first half was a little bit more than the Wolves have been used to lately. And Love by that. lately, I mean in 17 years <laughs> for the most part. 
you know, there was a run like four years ago. Mm-hmm. But it's like they, they walked into that arena and the Mavericks have been a playoff team and the Mavericks won a championship 10 years ago and like the crowd kind of senses this time of year, the players and Doncic, like they know that this is big boy basketball. And the Wolves kind of know that it's big boy basketball, but this was the first real like, okay, you're on the road against a team that's trying to claw your eyes out and they're playing physical. And it took them like an hour of real time to get used to the feel of it. And then once they did, boom, they go on a run in the second half, and then it was back and forth. I don't think they got screwed. I think they just lost a hard-nosed, tough 50-50 game, and it's probably going to be good for them in the long run. Oh, that's my take on it. And I think what, what you said is the most important thing. They are going to find themselves where the majority of guys, not Pat Bev, but a lot of guys, key guys on this team have never been before in their current roles, right? Like, Four years back, it was Butler, and Towns is trying, but he's not really embraced, and he's not really part of the process as much. So as tough as this might be to hear, I think that this is going to be, and and it's why the playoffs to me become so important. Not because the Wolves win around, Phil, but because of how guys like Towns and D'Lo and Ant handle it, right? Like that becomes now the jumping off point for invaluable experience and I think being screwed in some ways or thinking that you were at least by the refs is a good thing that has to be totally tuned out like that can't matter like you can't be well we lost a tough playoff game refs it might be true it doesn't matter you lost so like how do you compartmentalize that and and move on from that and say okay we think we got screwed but we're not going to pout we're not going to complain. We're not going to create a scene. What we're going to, to do is bear down and try and win the damn basketball game. Yeah, and that and and that all of it last night from some some of the controversial fifty fifty calls because it's physical to uh, you know giving up you know whatever ten unanswered points and falling behind by sixty like this is all this is this is sort of your future the next few weeks and into the playoffs. There's not going to be a let up here. You got the Suns at home. You got the Mavericks again. You got the Celtics, who are one of the hottest teams in the NBA. You got the Nuggets again. And so, like, this is what life is going to be like for the Timberwolves and for fans. And I think, again, I just, it's been so long outside of that one uncomfortable teeth pulling Tom Thibodeau, Jimmy Butler season. It's been so long since we've been immersed in this type of high intensity, dramatic, hold your breath basketball, all of us from fans to players to, uh, to the people that are, you know, in and around the Timberwolves support staff, like we're just going to have to get used to this, that that's what that last night is what most of the games are going to feel like going forward the rest of this year. The NBA is, is like a, it's like a video game. Like when I was a kid, I used to play those Mario games where you would like Mario world and super Nintendo or like you know, any, I never played Mario Party. Mario Kart? Mario Kart, for Mario sure. Baseball, Mario Golf. There's a lot of Mario games I could go on and on. Mario, uh, Mario Golf, golf. Mm-hmm. a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Sad. Or like uh, like you play Madden, and there's like four different levels of hardness, right? And and like as you go through the levels, it gets harder, and at first you get sort of slapped in the face by it. Like that's what the Timberwolves are going through right now. Mm-hmm. They graduated to another level last night, stepping into that arena against the Mavericks. It was a little fast-paced and a little intense for them early. But they settled. My takeaways from last night are mostly positive, despite it being a loss. Like you kind of need you, you don't just get to like, oh, here we are. Now right. we're in the Western Conference Finals. This is great. 
No, like you're going to have to take lumps this year, probably next year, and we'll and we'll see how high the ceiling is ultimately. But last night was like step one in what might be a difficult learning process for them here the next few weeks. What's your confidence that Towns can take that step? Because, I mean, his talent is unquestioned. But in the playoffs, when things get rough, what, I mean, he is going to get fouled. <laughs> and it's not going to be called. And he's going to what, – what's your confidence – right now that he can take that step towards at least accepting it not and not allowing it to impact his game? Pretty high if last night is an indicator. You know, last night, calls aren't necessarily going your way. You're get, Dallas made it really hard on the Timberwolves, specifically in the first half. They were doubling him at the touch on the perimeter and in the low block every time he got the ball. It wasn't like he gets the ball and then maybe someone kind of gravitates. It was as soon as the ball is being thrown to him, they were instantly double teaming him, uh-huh. which can be really frustrating. Like at times he has just sort of, you know, he'll turn the ball over or he'll. Yes. But last night it was like he knew that his duty, once once they figured out, oh, this is what's going to happen here, like halfway through the first quarter. And all of a sudden now he's throwing cross-court skip passes to the <laughs> corner for three. And like they weren't making all those shots. But he kept his composure getting doubled on a regular basis. And then toward the end, you know, I mean, he posterized Doncic with like a minute, minute and a half to go. Just a go-go gadget, Giannis-like dunk from halfway through the paint to, uh, I think it was to bring the Wolves back within one. So do I think he's probably going to let emotions get the best of him in some of these intense games? Yes, because I don't think he can just suppress all of it. But he has done a really good job. I think Pat Bev has been a help to him. Um, I think Anthony Edwards just kind of being, a, a, I don't know, just like a, a fun, just like a, a keep it light personality has been good for him. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say that he's never going to let an atmosphere like that or bad calls affect him in yep. these games going forward. But I think he's in a much better place now than he was six months ago or two years ago. I just yeah. don't want I don't want him in a place again in the playoffs where, where he gets absolutely clowned by Barkley, Kenny Smith, right? Like that, that was the one so. thing that was, it wasn't that they lost in that series. It was how he, how cat his game sort of shrunk. I thought like that's but, but the next some, step towards, um, yes. towards asserting yourself. But here's what I, what I would say in response to that. His game shrunk and some of it was on him. You're talking four years ago against the Rockets in the playoffs, right? But also, his coach and the best player on the team, Jimmy Butler, were not looking to run things through him, right? It was like, it, it ultimately turned into Jimmy Butler hero ball and Cat mm-hmm. just, I don't know, just, just stay out of the way. Like, Cat was just standing in the corner at times, and they would show the clips on Inside the NBA. Why is Cat just standing there doing nothing? This coach and these teammates are looking to run the entire thing through Carl Anthony Towns. They're looking to get him three-pointers. They're looking to get him the ball in the low block. Mm-hmm. So I think the the entire system, from the teammates to the actual system that they run to the coaches, all of it is propping up Carl Anthony Towns. So you're, I don't think you're going to have a, a playoff series in three or four weeks from now where it's like, what? What happened to Towns? He was just standing there doing nothing. Right. Because I think everything is meant to empower him. And that's the biggest difference. I guess I'm more concerned or or to articulate it in a better way. I guess what I'm thinking about is his personal approach. So so like not there, he is a different player and Chris Finch gets it completely. I'm talking about if he gets pushed around. I'm t- talking about his yeah. but but I think he's grown. Look, that Dude, to me a, is the next step. 
there was a moment in that game last night, and it was it was the dunk that I'm talking about. It's like they're going back and forth. It's close. I can't remember what the exact score was, but like he posterized Doncic in a big spot with like a minute to go. He just he dro- he drove it from the top of the key into the lane. He euro stepped and just threw it down. And then as he's running awesome. back the other way, he wasn't running back. You know, sort of like oh, you know, he was literally like scowling and thumping his chest, like I am the best player so on KG. the court right now, and I just posterized one of the best players in the NBA. Nice. And it's like like the look on his face in these moments is there's just a different level of confidence. And again, I'm not saying that he's not going to lose his cool <laughs> and have a bad game at some point. Like those things are all on the table. The other thing too, because you know, the only reference point we have right now is like 20 years ago Timberwolves teams, right? There's a lot of people that are getting excited about this year's team that weren't even alive or don't remember anything about the Kevin Garnett eight years of playoff runs. And so, you know, fortunately, like I grew up in that time period, like 90s and early 2000s Timberwolves. And thinking back on those KG teams, once Marbury got traded, it took like five or six years for them to put actual cast members around Kevin Garnett that were like number two and number three scorers. You know, it was basically for five years, it was like Terrell Brandon, a little bit of Wally Zerbiak. Mm -hmm. Anthony Peeler was like the third leading scorer on one of those teams. And then finally they got Latrell Sprewell and Sam Cassell, you know, as KG was like in his late 20s. And so it just took them forever to make a run. It's like, oh, they got to the playoffs, and that took them seven years of getting bounced in the first round. And then finally they get the teammates around him. This Wolves team is deeper than any of those. I think this Wolves team is deeper than any of those Kevin Garnett teams. I mean, the fact that they're without Jade McDaniels, a starter, you know, they've been without, I mean, how often have they really been at full strength in the last two or three months? Like, they've always had someone out, like Anthony Edwards for a few games, or Pat Bev, or Jared Vanderbilt is out. Now, I think KG is unquestionably, if you ranked all the players from all these teams, like KG is one of the greatest players of all time. And the Wolves don't have, Cat is great, but Cat's not on that level, right? But if you start to rank all the other players, role players and otherwise, on those KG teams from 20 years ago and this Timberwolves team, yeah, this Timberwolves team has, I mean, they, they Anthony Edwards and the talent that he brings, a Pat Beverly type that can play defense, shut down, that can you know bring that mm-hmm. emotional sort of centerpiece to the to the team. So I don't think that the learning curve and that the like getting bounced from the playoffs learning is going to take a half a decade like it did. I think I legitimately think this team has a chance to win a playoff series in a month from now. And if they don't, the lessons that they learn in some of these games is going to be so applicable to next season. Yeah. And some of these other teams, like the Warriors, are only going to get older, that they're in a really, really good spot right now. Well, and, and if they don't win it, that still is is reason for, for being optimistic uh, because this team has and looks like it has a ton. And the Pat Bev thing I love is Pat Bev can probably – be here for two years he can teach a lot and then he, he leaves but what he taught is going to be ingrained like this is this is as functional of wolves team just functional mm-hmm. as you've had in a long long time because Cassell and Spreewell that was fun it wasn't functional like those were really odd people and Beverly is too but I think what he's going to leave as far as as what he can teach Cat and probably just as importantly Ant, 
Like, I think Ann is a sponge. He strikes me as a really bright guy, and I think mm-hmm. he's a sponge type. And I think Great. that he is, like, the whole swag thing. Yes, he said swag a lot, but his point was a really good one. Like, we're all getting it now, and we're growing together. And, and so I think what Finch, and it starts with Chris, but I think what you start with there is the ability to have a team that starts to not just gel, Phil, but also gets it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Anthony Edwards, late in that game, they had Anthony Edwards at times on Luka Doncic, and he was clamping Luka. Now, Luka's such a weird player, man, because he's not I'd super like to talk quick. About he him. just kind of, like, moves around the court. He, he looks has... like he's 15 pounds overweight all the <laughs> but time. He, like, he has lost substantial player. weight in season. Yeah, Luka, I mean, Luka he's got is... about, 20 to, by about 20 to go, and maybe you can help him. As a retired player, <laughs> that guy is going to weigh, I'm putting my bets on it right now, about 310. Oh, he'll be Barkley. He's going to yeah. be about 310. Like, I mean, that guy has as bad a body as you can have. Yeah. No, there was a possession at one point, and the, and the Wolves got unlucky with this, but it was Ant Edwards one-on-one with Luka, mm-hmm. and Luka couldn't get by him, and Edwards wound up poking the ball away, and the Wolves looked like they were about to go on a three-on-two fast break the other direction, but the ball kind of got, like, ping-ponged around right into the hands of a wide-open Dallas Mavericks player who, who throws down a dunk. But, I mean, Ant, Ant has become one of the most engaged defenders on this team, and I think you're right, Judd. I think, I think Patrick Beverly makes defense cool for young players, right? Like, he shows you, and he's, and he's in there trash-talking the whole game. Like, I, I love the fact that this team thinks that they're the best team in the NBA right now. It's, com- it's completely unwarranted confidence right now because it is the Timberwolves, but they need it. Like, that's how you break out got, of a 20-year I got no problem slump. with that. I have, ze- yes. I have zero problem with that. They legitimately the- think they're the best team in the NBA but, right now, I feel like, every time they take the court. But they don't do it in an a-hole way. Like, it's likable. I mean, Pat Bev does a little bit, but it's likable. Yeah, he, do- he does, but, it's fun. But, but I'm saying it's, it's fun. Jimmy Butler was an interesting player to watch, right? But he was a jerk. And there was no question. And the problem with him is he was a jerk if he played for your team or the opponent. With Pat Bev, I'm sure that that he's a guy that teams and fans hate to play against. But he has done a job here where I, I watch him at games on the bench. It's great what he does. Like, what the intensity that he brings. And... With Butler, it was all, in my opinion, introverted into Jimmy. Like, Jimmy was about himself. And so, like, if he was trying to lead, it was, I am Jimmy, I am Jimmy, I am going to lead. With Pat Bev, it's an outward confidence. It's a hubris, but it works. It, It works. And the weird thing, and this is a very strange thing that I don't know why, but it worked, and it really, I think, symbolizes the difference in this Wolves team, and it's a positive. When D'Lo took a shot at the fans, that could have gone one of two ways. The fans could have said, bleep you, you've stunk for 17 years, what are you talking about, D'Lo, shut up. Or, you know what, hell no, let's stand up, that's cool, let's do it. They chose the latter. It worked. And, like, he wasn't, in my opinion, through the fan base, vilified. There was no, like, negative. Fans now stand up until the, the Wolves score, which is a small thing. But the point is, there's something about this team that's likable and that works. And I don't even know exactly why, but it's fun. And it feels 
sustainable, kind of going back yeah. to the KG era, right? Like it turned out that the Marbury thing, because of Marbury's ego and just everything that happened there, that that wasn't sustainable. And then by the time they finally put some actual teammates around Kevin Garnett, that wasn't sustainable either because Cassell and Sprewell were in their mid-30s. It was just kind of a one-year, you know, and I and I still contend that if if Sam Cassell doesn't get hurt in that playoff run, I think they beat, because they, they went six games with the Lakers with a hobbled Sam Cassell. I think they beat the Lakers in that series, and then I think they're favored against the Pistons. So they may have won the championship if Sam Cassell stayed healthy, but that wasn't sustainable beyond that one year. It was kind of like the Brett Favre, 2009 Vikings, right? This is great. This is a blast. But, you know, the player that was acquired or the players in the Wolves case just aren't in their primes. This feels like, and again, injuries, contracts, there's a million different things that could put a wrench into this. But this feels like the opening of a three- to five-year window. And then the only question is, what is their peak potential? What do the other teams in the Western Conference look like in two or three years from now? And then how much can you bank what you're learning now to make you better for next year and beyond? So, by the way, these uh, Timberwolves discussions, which are, it's, it's pretty fun to be having relevant Timberwolves discussions in late March for the first time in a long time, are presented by our friends at Mayo Clinic in Minneapolis. You can be seen right now by Mayo Clinic experts in Minneapolis and also Rochester. Uh, specialty clinics open now for men's health and urology, orthopedic, sports medicine, dermatology, It's a very convenient option for Twin Cities listeners and viewers of the Mackey and Judd show to be seen close to home by Mayo Clinic experts in Minneapolis. Request an appointment at mayoclinic.org, mayoclinic.org. One more thought here before we get to who gets it, who doesn't, and some some wild discussion. I, I I don't think you have to, like, you know, roll off a bunch of wins here. You know, it's I don't fear the plan. The playing is what it is. Like you should be able to. You're, you're going to play a couple home games if you if you lose in the first one. Like you, you should beat the Clippers in the first playing game. So I don't fear the plan. But I would like to see the Wolves get a win here against the Suns and or the Mavericks just to sort of show those teams that this isn't a joke. This isn't a team that's just feasted on bad opponents. Like they're here to actually fight and give you. Like you don't want to face them in three weeks. I want them to show that over the next couple weeks here and get to a new level. And so, like, again, do you have to beat the Suns this week? No, but fight them and don't get beat by 20. And then if you do lose, come back and beat the Mavericks on Friday night. If you beat if you beat both these teams at home this week, then it's on. Like, then climbing up to the five seed is a legitimate possibility. So that's kind of what I'm – I mean, I'm, these aren't, like, must-win games, but I think they're very much – there's, like, six litmus tests show who you are against some of the best teams in the league games here that you have to at least – Put on a good showing like you did last night. I tweeted with uh, Chad Hartman last night, a friend of the show, and he was t- talking about how you know the interest has changed with the Wolves when more people are blaming the officials for the loss when they weren't the problem. And yeah. that's something Judd and I were talking about the game yesterday. Like The amount of Wild fans that just loathe Vegas and loathe that, oh, it's the, it's not just the Vegas Golden Knights they're playing. They're playing the Vegas Golden Referees, too. Like, for God's sakes, like it, it, they're, you're not playing two opponents out there. You're playing the opponent, and referees suck. Yeah, referees stink. No referee is perfect, but you you don't lose games because of the refs, for God's sakes. And it's it's literally one of my least favorite crowds in all of sports because it exists in basketball, football, baseball, hockey. Yeah, I think like there's definitely a time where you blame the official. Like there's things that happen that Ed Malloy three times a year <laughs> alters a game. 
in the NBA or like idiot umpires just, you know, with their egos getting in the way. Last night's Timberwolves game was not decided by the referees. On the Pat Bev stuff, he it's it was very 50-50 that play out on the right wing. I think more often than not, that is called a foul on the floor. And Chris Finch and Pat Bever saying, no, he was going into a shooting motion. I mean, he was moving to his right as he was getting fouled, and then he went into a shooting motion. Would it have been nice for him to shoot three free throws? Absolutely. Um, I actually was more upset with after the free throw fiasco where he was, you know, the, in the reviews and everything, where he goes out to the right corner, or I guess it would have been the left corner, and he hits the step back three pointer, but they called the foul on the floor with like two seconds to go, giving him two free throws instead of instead of three or just letting the basket count. And when you watch that play back, it was kind of a phantom contact. Like the referee was anticipating a oh. foul because the defender was like trying to reach to foul him, but Pat Bev kind of stepped back on it and then knocked down a corner three to tie the game, but they called the foul on the foul. I was more offended by that because I didn't think there was enough contact for it to be a foul. But the refs sometimes anticipate, oh, they're trying to foul. So, oh, he's trying to foul, so I'm going to call it a foul. We didn't touch him. So, but again, was it the reason why they lost the game? No. They just, well, they weren't knocking down their three-point shots, and they uh, they weren't ready for the intensity in the first half. It's a good lesson, at least. It really is. Always be ready for the intensity in the yes. first half. Yes, playoff intensity, baby. It's great. In life and in uh, other areas. All right, boys. Who gets it? Who doesn't? Every Tuesday on the show. I'm going to turn it over to the Judd's Hockey Show crew here. All right. Celebrating a big acquisition, Ziflauer. Who, who gets it? Let's lead off with this guy. Declan? If we get, you know, in the Western Conference final, I have a chance for a cup. It's well worth the first at that point. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, I mean, you have to give up something to, to mm-hmm. get something, you know, and... Um, you know, there's a price to pay no matter no matter what uh, what level. And uh, you know, we, we we traded away some really good guys. You know, and, and guys that did some good things for the for the team. And um, it's tough, but you, you know, we got good guys in return. And you know, we're ready to ready to move on and and uh, see what we can do. You know, there's no room for petty bull. <laughs> oh, I love I love Bill Guerin. Bill Guerin gets it because you know what he gets as a guy who won two Stanley Cups as a player, one, I believe, with the Devils, one with the Penguins in 2009, where he, of course, he was teammates with Marc-Andre Fleury, Zeflauer, and then two as an executive with the Penguins. Bill Guerin gets seizing the opportunity to seize the day, and the opportunity existed. And therefore, starting a week ago today, he has brought in, what, four players, made trades, including culminating with the big one, being going out and getting a future Hall of Fame goaltender in Marc-Andre Fleury for a conditional draft pick, which will bump from a second to a first-round pick if the Wild makes the Western Conference Finals and Fleury wins at least four games in the first two rounds. Bill Guerin, gentlemen, we have been starved in this town, we have been famished for this type of executive who understands when the door is open, you don't just sort of open it up and say, who's in there? No, you take a battering ram and you <laughs> knock that damn door down and you say, I am going to give my team a chance. And I understand chemistry is important. Chemistry in the room, in all sports, can be important. But there's a fine line between being concerned about chemistry and being concerned about giving the competitors in your room a chance to win. 
And Bill Guerin did the second thing. He gave his players a chance to win after in in training camp, the first day of camp, saying this is about bleeping winning. He now proved he believes that, and the Wild has a chance. Bill Guerin, you get it. He definitely seems just like an extremely self-aware guy. He was like that as a player when he was a very decorated guy who yeah, won a cup with New Jersey and bounced around a little bit, went to the Islanders, and then towards the end of his career when he realized his game wasn't what it used to be, being a top-line player, him becoming that glue guy in that room, him becoming a different kind of player to help elevate Sidney Crosby and help help those Penguins get over the hump and finally get a Stanley Cup. And then him as an executive, too, uh, kind of learning all that ropes and now making these type of trades. Like, he's definitely using his gut and his instinct to make these trades, but he also delegates those other things that he's probably not good at, maybe like hockey analytics, right? I know he probably knows some of it, but he delegates that task to someone else to help broaden that out so he's making the right decisions for everyone on that roster. The dude gets it. He is. He's he's the best GM in this state, easily. So, so, so Garen and... Uh... Mark Andre Fleury, they celebrated winning a cup together what thirteen years ago, mm-hmm. oh, nine, right? Yeah. They went, they won just one the one cup together, right? Because right. Garen was done by the time correct the other two came along. That's amazing. And we talked about this with Royce today, but Mark Andre Fleury, you know who gets it? Just real quick here, his nutritionist. I mean, that guy looks like he's twenty five years old still. It's amazing. <laughs> it is incredible. Is it, it, is it Alex Guerrero? Is it the TB twelve guy? I mean, he he doesn't look a day over twenty nine. No, he, he he's got the great great hair, zero grays. He's got and, and it's dark too. So like, his hair should have a couple of silver grays in it. Nothing does he like color that. Got to be I, dyed. It might be dyed. I don't know. What I'm saying is the guy does look fantastic. He looks at thirty seven. Phil's right. Looks twenty six. Yeah, twenty seven. Maybe he's got the maybe he's got the coach the coach uh, K hairstylist. I mean, when, oh, when's God. it time for yeah, Mike Shashevsky to let it go gray? Is he going to well, now? Right? Is he going to be ninety years old now. and still holding on to the shoe polish hair? I think he needs to. I think it goes now. Just it's time. Ease into retirement. Yeah, go on some nice right. trips and let the hair go gray. He's got to be in his seventies, right? It's oh okay yeah, yeah. He's in his like mid seventies, right? Yeah. Oh, but uh, props to Mark Andre Fleury's nutritionist or you know, whatever he's rocking. All right, I'll give you another who gets it. I'll say D'Lo, but not D'Angelo Russell. Not just. D'Angelo Russell. There's a new D'Lo in town. Phil, are you aware of the new D'Lo that's uh, graced the Minnesota sports scene? I did see people tweeting about another D'Lo last night. Yes. That's Nick Delorier, the newest member of the Minnesota Wild, who the Wild got over the weekend on Saturday from the Ducks. And yeah, apparently he's also a D'Lo. So there's a second D'Lo on this team. And, and he's he's coming here to kick some ass. He's a fourth-line grinder type. He's an enforcer. And they paid a hefty price, at least I thought so, a third-round pick in the 2023 draft, which... Seems a little steep for a guy that, that is a basically a fourth-line player and kind of a goon, but at least it is a pick that you're giving up in two drafts now, so you could potentially even recuperate that pick in another trade and whatnot. But he scores a shot on his first uh, on his first one of his first shifts with the with the Wild yesterday in the win, and here he was after the game. Uh, you know, when I when I got here, uh, like I said, it, the guys made it so easy for me to get in. Uh, it's a tight group, uh, staff-wise as well, coaching staff. Uh I don't know how to explain it. I've been I've been through a couple teams, a few teams, and this is the tightest group I've ever seen. You walk in and it's uh, it's straight up, uh, you know, business and fun, and it's fun. So when he says straight up no business, I think he meant to say something else. I think he meant to say straight up no 
bleep, just like Bill Guerin said there. <laughs> but, it, I mean, that's pretty high praise. And, look, it could be a little bit of player speak at the podium, right? But, I mean, he's only been here for 48 hours, and, and he knows his role. He's a, he's a fourth-line enforcer, but I, I think he's an absolute beauty. He's exactly what this team needs. Dude, he sounds like the a accent. hockey player. Yeah, yeah. He, he sounds like, like he was lifted from Slapshot and, like, put <laughs> on the team here. Yeah, I think uh, I think I think somebody with that type of hockey look and hockey yes. accent is exactly what this team needs to make a run <laughs> deep into the Western Conference playoffs. I'm going to piggyback off Judd's who gets it, who doesn't. Billy Guerin gets it, but I think I think some general managers in this town are starting to see the light just in general. I think they're starting to adopt the "We Want Championships" mantra here on Score North, Mackie and Judd, Purple Daily. Know? Stop hoarding prospects and draft picks when you're in a win-now window. I'm not saying you should always just like mortgage the future and everything, but the Wild, the Twins, they're going for it, and it's fun. You're going to put more butts in the seats at Target Field. You're going to have think about how much more excited, especially like the Wild have been playing kind of just meh the last month, month and a half, right? And now, like not that they have trouble packing the X regardless, but just the atmosphere you're going to create now and the, the you know, just – this town is ready for a deep playoff run, for God's sakes. And uh, I think Derek Falvey's had a really bad two-year run, but credit to him for snapping out of it and choosing aggression after the lockout was over. And Billy Guerin has, has always been sort of pedal to the metal, winning is everything. But for him to back that up by making this trade is a blast. And We'll see what happens. And I just want to say again, if it doesn't work and they get beat in the first round, it's not because this was a bad trade. This is the right trade at the right time. What do you guys make of the Cam Talbot thing now? I mean, do they just like, oh, you know what? They have a great backup. They have a really good backup goalie now, right? Play the sounder. Play the sounder because. The transition sounder? Yes, please. Okay. Okay, yeah, there's a lot of sound. Oh, sorry. Play the transition sound. Just like shout for sound. I will tell you who gets it. Cam Talbot. (laughs) Cam Talbot. Because Cam Talbot could could be like, well, I mean, I sort of lost my job. My life sort of sucks. I don't like this. Um, Cam Talbot instead last night continues to play well. So I I believe he's now won six consecutive starts. uh, Makes 28 saves. Shuts out the Golden Knights. Makes some great grade A uh, saves. And then says, you know what? I'm going to show up to work, and that's my job here. Cam Talbot gets it. Cam Talbot, from what he said post game, and he he backed it up with, with his performance. I thought too. Uh, we're not going to get the whining, uh, sort of sulking. Oh, I love. Oh, how could they do this? I was the top goaltender. No, no, no. I think we're going to get a guy who very much gets that he has been. He's been given the gift of a future Hall of Fame teammate by his side, who he can learn from, who he can watch, and that these two together today give this team a better chance at a Stanley Cup run, certainly, than Cam Talbot and Capo did. Cam yeah. Talbot gets it. He's been around. He's been the top guy. He's been on waivers. He's seen a ton. <laughs> I really, really liked the the response both on the ice and off of it, and this is why you build a culture. This is why it's so important, as much as Patrick can't stand that word, this is why a culture is so important. Because when you have a culture built, you can fit pieces in and people get it. The problem is when you don't, and players, let's just say fictionally, hypothetically, players run the team, right? And now you trade for a guy and players are like, whoa, 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 we we don't like this, right? 
the Minnesota Wild knows who's in charge, Bill Guerin and Dean. And so when you say, we just traded Capo, Mark andre bleeping flurry. Nobody says, hold on, our chemistry yeah. was so good, which is code for, we like to go out and party post-game. That's what that's code for. Because chemistry is built through culture, and Bill Guerin has established a culture now that says, I'm in charge here, you guys are incredibly important, but the culture is set, the most important part of it, by winning hockey games. I also kind of love that the subtext behind the, the, the capo trade was he's not good enough yeah. for this team. Correct. Yeah. And and so it's not that he can't be good enough at some point with some other team, but our goal is is very lofty, and we're not here to just bring guys along and make them feel good and encourage them. Like it, It's almost April now, yep. and he's not good enough. Period. So he's gone. I love he's that. gone now because he's not good enough. So, Dex, who gets it, who doesn't? Uh, I have a, a non-wild who doesn't get it, and uh, I understand that there could be some old takes exposed with this one. Uh-oh. And especially, too, just given the general history, it's a ballsy decision for me to say who doesn't get it here. The New York Yankees do not get it. The New York Yankees do not get it. They trade for Josh Donaldson. They help the Twins basically get the shortstop they're looking for. They strike out on getting Carlos Correa. I don't know if New York is uh, primed to be returning to the postseason this season. And for them to basically give the Twins an opportunity to sign Carlos Correa, I find that an absolutely delicious moment. So I'm actually going to clown the New York Yankees a little bit here, knowing that egg is going to be inevitably on my face in six months, and knowing that they've lost 18 consecutive playoff games, like 15 of them to the Yankees in the last 20 years. As it stands right now, in the last week of March, 2022, in the year of our Lord, the Yankees do not get it. It is kind of funny. I mean, the Twins have made more moves to make their team better in the last two weeks than the Yankees have. Yeah. And the Twins sort of worked the Yankees <laughs> I can't believe you just into that. making that happen. But they I'm did. mostly with Judd here. I think until the Twins actually do something meaningful, mm-hmm. like beat the Yankees in a playoff game or series in October, it's tough to trash talk too much. They don't even think about the Twins. Like They don't even no, know that I they know. made a trade with the Twins. They're like, oh, 50 we million. got Josh Donaldson. I, and then we come, sent Gio Urshela and Gary from? Sanchez yeah. somewhere. I don't even know. Are they with Cleveland? I'm not even sure. They, they don't even know that they traded with the Twins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've got a non-wild one here, too, specifically for Judd. Who gets it? Who doesn't? Urban Meyer gets it. This is especially for Judd here. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna read this. This is from there's some sort of article that came out. I'm getting this from the uh, Pardon My Take screenshot on Instagram, and I don't know who originally wrote this article. Apologies, but the article says Urban Meyer insisted that Tim Tebow have free reign of the facility and practice field long after he had been cut by the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> weekly. Weekly Tebow Tuesday-themed days were mandatory where every player in, in practice donned Tebow's professional number 85 jersey while Coach Meyer would wear his tactical jean shorts and patrol the field in his NFL-branded scooter, screaming, Get some! at injured players. Uh, oh my but God. the last straw, the last straw, this is where Judd's going to love this, <laughs> was when Urban tried to require players to sign mandatory competitive chastity pledges where players were sworn to abstain from all sexual activity between December and May to avoid any possible missed games due to the impending birth of a child in the fall. Quote, 
That one may have been a little ahead of its time, Urban said when reached for comment. Oh, my God, really? Doesn't that apply is to re- Judd on Is this show? real? Oh, my. I mean, it sounds like it's real. He's that's crazy, but that's, that's, that's incredible. That is, that's, yeah. Is this a real article? Yeah. It seems like, like an I Onion I haven't seen it. Wow. But I know you're, you're very much anti-players missing time because of the birth of their children. So maybe this is the way no, to You know what? You're, again, you're putting words in my mouth. What I said is get is you can go to the birth of your child, just get right back to your team. No, no. What I don't like is the paternity leave during the season when you're making millions of dollars. Okay, where do you stand when if your wife's going to give birth? Child, oh, your wife's in labor and it's 11 a.m. on Sunday and you play a game in an hour, a division game. Against the Packers. That's up to you. No, Are you competitive you or not? <laughs> That's my question to, to the player. That's my question, player. Are oh, you competitive God. or not? Like, do you want to beat the Packers? Or, or I mean, you're probably going to have like three kids. See, this is where Urban Meyer maybe is a little ahead of his time. Urban Listen, Meyer. Kids, wear protection in February, Okay. <laughs> Hey, look! So you, you don't know have what? to miss a game. My my old man, October. my old man was asleep at home when I was born, and you know what? I turned out fine. Did you? I turned out absolutely <laughs> <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> a plus. Does does the no sexual activity apply to the other members of this show if we were ever to procreate? Since we couldn't be having a child during football season on on Score North I think with Ventline, it's there's a few weeks during yeah, the Phil, season. Phil like, might get upset. Yeah, I mean, I mean you, you definitely don't want to don't go on a vacation during NFL free agency, free agency which Declan did so, last year, Declan which which Phil year. has not forgotten about. Yeah, I, I oh, take I, note. What? I've, I haven't brought that up once since it happened. Actually, and I wasn't it. mad. Actually, it was just, it was just... You brought it up two weeks ago. Did I? Yeah, when free agency was about to start, you said oh. something like, "I'm glad you're not going on vacation <laughs> next week." Yeah. Oh yeah, you did. <laughs> I don't. You know what? I'm not blaming you. I'm not assessing blame here. Mm-hmm. Accountability is key, and if you are not competitive, that's fine. Just check out. It's not competitive. Just don't don't be competitive. That's cool, man. That's cool. All right. Who doesn't get it? Eddie Rosario, now of the Atlanta Braves. Did you guys see the story in today's Star Tribune about um, the payments and potential payments for jersey number swaps when guys are traded, like we've seen with the Twins now or Carlos Correa signs? I did see something did where like there's this? a couple of twins players I've like lawyered up to put together yeah so like documents to sign so, for the so Josh Donaldson wanted the number twenty so badly a couple of years back that he offered Rosario like a bunch of compensation packages including at one point buying him a car and Rosario's like no man I wear twenty that's it wow I would and take Rosario the car. and his and Rosario was probably right like he went on to become. Was he a World Series MVP? Yes. Uh, no. Or was he an NLCS? National League Championship NLCS. Series, okay. yes. But he was yes. instrumental. But, the, yeah. but, but in the, Rosario's mind, he's the best player in baseball, so why would yeah. anyone? But like, the point no, is, I'm, I'm, I'm he turned 20. down a car. He turned down a damn car. He already has six cars. A car is a weak offer. That okay. Is a weak offer, but if you're a major league baseball package. player. But that was the pack. But okay, so he offered money. He offered jewelry, probably. He offered cars. I would have given up. My point is, I would have given up the 20. What would it take? But if you already make like Eddie Rosario has made fifty million dollars or whatever playing baseball okay. in his career, then you tell me because you know, I bet JD would have paid it. Worth a hundred thousand dollars. I already have six cars because I'm. Rich. Oh, I'm going with a better car than that. No, 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 no. I was thinking a better car. Like what? Like a like an like an F one car? Like what? Yeah, whatever I want, man. You want the number twenty? It's going to cost you. I don't I'm just know saying. What I would want. 
a private jet. You want to buy me my own private jet and then pay for all of my flights for well, like and 10 the takeoff uh, time and all. There is no number that I would protect. That much. Do nothing for me, so I, I wouldn't. Well, yeah, but, or me, but we're not baseball players. What if it was young men, le- or I'm not for Dex? What if it was a lifetime supply of Chill Boys? Oh, then from ChillBoys.com. Yeah. Yeah, I'd sign me up for my bamboo fabric. I, I, it's raining here in the in the Twin Cities, Phil, and so golf season is coming up. I, I am, I am hopeful, and I'm knocking on wood here that in ten days, so not this weekend, but next weekend, there's going to be some damn golf course open, and it's going to be wet, and conditions are going to be terrible and still cold. But I'm going to finally be able to swing a damn club, and when I have my performance brand on from Chill Boys, I'll be ready to rock. Easily shooting over a hundred, like and I'm, I'm just, I just want I just want to play some damn golf. Okay, that's all I <laughs> want, and my Chill Boys will keep me comfortable doing it. Hell yeah, ChillBoys.com. It's a Minnesota-based company. You can find them online at ChillBoys.com. Also, Federated Insurance been around for over a hundred years, helping businesses in and around and outside of the Twin Cities. You can find a full list of resources and tools, people that can help maximize the success of your business and minimize risk at federatedinsurance.com where it's our business to protect yours. Um, I'll throw another one in here real quick too while we're – I'm just scrolling through Twitter from yesterday. And uh, who doesn't get it? Packer fans, bloggers, and podcasters. Oh, boy. Who are chapped about Zadarius Smith visiting the Vikings. So this is from some random – like. Packer podcaster guy with a couple thousand followers. And he retweeted the because the Vikings always announce free agent visits. So and so has come in for a visit, right? They, they don't make it a secret. So they announced uh, Zadarius Smith has started his free agent visit with the Vikings. And uh, random Packer blogger podcaster guy retweets, hang that banner. And it's a picture of a banner hanging from U.S. Bank Stadium that says Zadarius Smith, free agent visit 2022. <laughs> First of all, don't just because you guys are trying to cope with your eroding roster mm. with Devontae mm. Adams going to the Raiders, Zadarius Smith, one of the best edge rushers the past few years in the NFL, maybe coming to the Vikings. Yeah, they did release him. Don't don't lash out at us because you can't cash in with Hall of Fame quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. Okay, we're just doing our thing here. Very self aware. We know that there's no championships in the trophy case. Okay, like. Don't make me do the Eminem eight mile thing and list all the things you have to say about us. We're fully self aware, but quit lashing out, okay? Zadarius Smith is coming over here because you cut him. You cut him. You're chastising Packer fans. Declan you is taking shots him. at the Yankees. I mean, it's been a good week, but let's let's slow down just a little bit. Let's slow well, our. Well, they roll, broke huh? up with him, and they're like, "Well, he's look at it, it's a joke. He's going to." It's like you're, she, she can go date whoever you know she what? wants. You broke up with this her. This is yeah. another reason why we need at least one Lombardi here, right? This is another. Well, reason then they're why. just going to be like, "Well, you only have one." I know, but at least we'll have, right, right. But at least we'll have one then. Six at least we'll have one. Right now, we got nothing to stand on. You know, I, I think there should be a rule where, and I know that the trophy is named after him, so it's difficult. But like, if you're a Packer fan and you're thumping your chest about Super Bowls won in the mid 1960s, then. You're kind of a Bart Starr was pretty good. Not sure what you're talking about. Who is the receiver, Max or whatever? Max McGee. Smokes, Max McGee, like yeah, literally was, smoking cigarettes on the sidelines. Big Super Bowl lines. one. Well, he didn't think he was going to play. He was hungover. He'd gone out and partied the night before. Uh, 
La- last one for me. I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shout out the the you see this T-shirt I'm wearing here. Yeah, it's awesome. So it's uh it's it's, awesome. it's Anthony Edwards and Justin Jefferson's photoshopped because and by the way, this is a write that down. I have I believe me and Lawyer Chase have this as a write that down that these two are actually the going cover? to recreate this photograph in some regard by the end of the year because uh, it's obviously the KG and uh, and Randy Moss swap from from the early or from the late nineties. Excuse me. And um, my, my guy Jake Graffs. Jake Graffs does a great job. He makes awesome Timberwolves. Free plug for Jake Graffs, okay? He uh, makes awesome Timberwolves stuff. Even I'll Kat take one. Was, Kat was wearing a shirt yes. of his the other day. Uh, Judd, there's coffee mug. There's Finch Extra mugs. Extra large for me, please. Okay. I'll get right on that. Who's just Jake Graffs? I'll, I'll take one. Yeah, I'll get, I'll get it right, right I'll wear just it. for you. I'll wear Dude, it. A Finchy, a Finchy coffee mug would be clutch. Finchy always looks like he needs about three cups of coffee. Finch, I'm telling you, Finchy looks like a CBS Monday Night sitcom. Like, he looks like he'd be the perfect, like, this basketball coach is disgruntled, but he's winning. Hey, everybody. He's got a a crazy family, crazy players. It's time for Finchy. Is that the name of the show? Finchy? Finchy, oh, yeah. (laughs) Slam dunk. Finchy. No pun intended. Slam dunk. All right, any other uh, who gets it, who doesn't here from you guys before we go back to Zadarius Smith watch? Well, should we end today's show with uh, who does not get it? From uh, TCO Performance Center with the with the last transaction we saw. Oh, I'm just trying to be positive we and end look it? forward and find the best in every Vikings. Actually, you know what? I'm going to change it. Who gets it? The Minnesota Vikings. Why? Why, <laughs> Judd? Why? They have uh, retained the services of Sean Mannion in their quest to run it back. The Vikings are keeping Kirk Cousins' buddy right by him in the quarterback room, and and I think COVID is now. Um, um, controlled enough where they could probably go back to the small room. Kirk yeah, and Kirk and Sean can study the playbook together now. Sean, who I believe you could probably call safely the Kirk Cousins uh, safety blanket, safety net. He is back. The Vikings in their quest to run things back, one hundred percent, they get it. I love it. I'm here for it. At this point, you've already pot committed to Kirk Cousins, and so do everything you can to make him feel comfortable. Even if it means bringing in a completely unqualified backup quarterback to take snaps in a game, that's okay. Kirk's one of the most durable quarterbacks in the NFL, never gets hurt. He is body armor personified, and Sean Mannion is his personal assistant coach, basically. So let's get it, Vikings. Run this thing back all the way. I've got a serious question. I've got a serious, a serious question here. When opening day, week one, who was officially the backup quarterback? Um, it's a good question. I mean, Sean Mannion's existence is largely behind the scenes, film room, yeah. etc. Baby blanket. So the, the the backup quarterback on actual game day, and he can, and he can still correct me if I'm wrong, but if he's deactivated, he can still be on the sidelines, like in a tracksuit. Helping Cousins yep. on the sideline. He can still be in track. Yes. yes that's so true. your backup quarterback should just be whoever is the best if Cousins gets hurt to right. win the game. Right. That's what I'm asking. And I think Kellen Mond is probably going to be that if he has any sort of upside or talent at all whatsoever. Like, mm-hmm. it should be Kellen Mond. I would right? agree. Sean, Sean Mannion. He's got a 66.2 career passer rating in the uh, 14 games he's gotten in. So he's good not, in the room, not Phil. Not too confident about that. He's good in the room, <laughs> like we say in hockey. He is. He's, he must be great in the room, considering how many times gritty. they've run it back with him as the backup. Very <laughs> also gritty. gritty. Very gritty. All right. Uh, write that down predictions tomorrow and an accountability session where we get to admit that we were wrong. 
That's how it works on Wednesdays. And uh, you can always check out our YouTube channels, Score North YouTube channel and the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Click subscribe and the like button to help spread the word about this, I would say, blossoming Minnesota sports community of optimism and championships on the horizon. Crazy. All the moves. It's amazing. All right, guys. See ya. Hurry into Ram Power Days and experience the raw power of the Ram 3500 with available best-in-class torque and towing among 350-3500 pickups when properly equipped. Strap yourself in for one powerful ride in the Ram TRX with the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. Or the Ram 1500, awarded number one in driver appeal among light-duty pickups by J.D. Power three years in a row. Hurry into Ram Power Days going on now. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards.